0: Uh, come on. Okay. I was going to say, I got a big mouth, bro, but I need some help sometimes. So, if you guys have your Bibles, let's turn to Habakkuk. If you're using one of our Bibles, it's on page 785. So I want to start off with um, a background, give you a back background as to what's going on. Habakkuk was... Um, prophesying from 612 to 605 BC. He was a contemporary of Zephaniah, who, he, he was a prophet in Israel, and Jeremiah was a prophet in Judah. And this is where Habakkuk is also. He's in he's prophesying in Judah. Um, it's funny, as I was studying this, and I, and I, I started to pull out some stuff, like when I found out that Um, Habakkuk was prophesying after King Josiah's death. And if you don't know who that is, that was the last righteous king of Judah. So it's funny how after he dies, it just all goes downhill after that. And we'll talk about that today. So he was the last godly and faithful king. And it was before Judah got taken away by Babylon. Uh, They're also known as the Chaldeans. Just giving you a little bit of background. Um, And we're going to learn right now a little bit about the the culture that was going on there. But before that, I want to put up a note. Uh, My main point is mercy and faith. The book of Habakkuk depicts the prophet's struggle of faith. And in so doing, the centrality of faith in the lives of God's people is highlighted. This faith, which can endure despite unfavorable, Outward circumstances comes to a beautiful expression of not only his faith, but God's mercy. So with that, let's just jump right on in. Verse 1, the oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. You know, just studying uh, and looking up at that word oracle, because again, I I wasn't sure what it meant. But in this context, it means uh, a burden, so he sees this burden going on in Judah, right? And what's that burden? Look at verses 2 and 4, 2 through 4. O Lord, how long shall I cry to help and you will not hear? O cry to you violence, or cry to you violence and you will not save. Why do you make why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look Look at wrong, destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise, so the law is paralyzed, and injustice and justice never goes forth, for the wicked surrounds the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. So you see, Habakkuk is called to prophesy to this to Judah, and he goes to God. And he complains. And so what's going on in Judah is nothing but destruction and violence. And he's sitting there questioning God. Lord, where are you? Why aren't you doing anything? These guys are here destroying our country and you're sitting there doing nothing. Just giving you a picture of what's going on. And, and, and I could imagine... Us today, I wasn't going to say it, but I'll say it. We see everything that's going on in our country today, right? And some of us may be asking, Lord, why aren't you doing anything? You see all this violence, all this stuff going on around, and we ask the Lord, why aren't we, why aren't you doing anything? Look at God's response. In verse 5, it says, Look among the nations and see, wonder, and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation. I'm going to stop right there because there's a lot of, I'm going to go through all three chapters, so I'm going to skip around. Well, in order. So what do we see here? We see God's mercy, don't we? God is showing us his mercy. He says, listen, I am doing something. I am doing something. You guys just don't see it, right? So Habakkuk doesn't see it. He doesn't know what's going on. So the the culture that was going on in Judah at this time was complete chaos. I mean, just complete chaos. And of course, Habakkuk going to God, he prays, right? But in my opinion, he prayed the wrong way, right? Why are you letting this happen? Sounds familiar? Note, put another note up. God's way. Sometimes we don't see what God is doing. Sometimes we do. But just don't like the way he does it. Isn't that true? However, what we do know is that At times, God will use evil for good. So we see this picture of the Chaldeans who are, they're they're evil, right? And they're coming around the country and they're wiping everybody out. And God tells them, hey, this is who I'm going to bring to fix your problem. (laughs) I don't like it that way. Let's find a different way to do this, right? This is how Habakkuk is going to react, Look at, um, where am I? Yeah. So look at Habakkuk's plea, right? We're going to skip to verses 12 through, uh, verse 12 through chapter one, verse one, but we're only going to cover two verses here. Habakkuk's plea is, are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, O Lord. You have ordained them as a judgment and you, O rock, have established them for reproof. You who are pure of pure eyes then to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallow up the man more righteous than he? So it's so funny. <laughs> Because we see he's a prophet. He's speaking on behalf of God, right? And he's questioning God still. He says, hey, I'm going to take care of it. But he doesn't like the way it's told. I look at this and I see Habakkuk. Habakkuk, I don't know how you pronounce it. Habakkuk, there you go. Habakkuk. We see, and we do this too, where we start to talk to God and we start to, start to give him the little guilt trip if you're really God you would take care of this this way don't we do that it's the prophet it's the prophet talking to God like that I'm just like wow dude you should know better but shouldn't we and yet we still do it right so he's teaching he's telling them he threw me off Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> I said it, too. (laughs) Um, So he just told them, I'm going to use the Babylonians, the Chaldeans. I'm going to bring them out. We're going to clean house here. And here you are trying to get me with a guilt trip. Another note. First we saw God's way. Now we're seeing our way. God's way may not always align with ours. Unfortunately, at times, our reaction can be an attempt to guilt or manipulate God into doing it our way, rather than simply trusting him. I I think Anthony sang this song already, or or he's going to, I'll take you at at your word. I love that. Why can't we just take God at his word? Listen, you guys, some of you guys have heard my story where I've almost died twice And both times, I was questioning, okay, God? Well, I wasn't questioning. I was saying, okay, God, if you want to take me home, I'm good. I'm ready to go. But my point is, I didn't start asking him why. Why is this happening to me? Lord, whatever you're going to do, you're going to do. I trust you. And again, I'm not trying to exalt me, I'm not trying to exalt myself. That's not what I'm doing. I'm trying to get you get you guys to understand that we need to stop questioning God even though we don't like the way he's doing the things that he's doing. Right? We either give it all up or go home. That's what I would say. <clears throat> but we see Habakkuk's plea now. He's heard from God twice or one time and now he's still not happy, right? So I already read did I read the plea? Yeah, I already read the plea. Now look at God's second respond or response. I'm in Habakkuk 2 verses 2 and 4. And the Lord answered me, write this vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it? For still the, ver- the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to no end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. So he starts talking about running, you know, so he may run who reads it. So God tells him, hey, I want everybody else to hear this message. So I want you to write it on a tablet, and I want you to be super clear with it. So there's no contradiction, there's no confusion. I want it to be clear so that so that the righteous can go and share the word with others. It is so important, you guys, for us to stay in the word consistently. We have to know what the word of God says. And we have to be able to share it with others. And I think the church today has fallen short in that area. And we need to get back to learning the word and then sharing the word of God. He also makes a clear distinction between the proud and the righteous. Well, the proud versus the righteous, right? What side do you live on? What side are you on? Sometimes, even as Christians, we think we know it all, or we think that we're always right. Um, you're either proud or you're righteous, and I and I see it. I see it within the church, and it just it just breaks my heart when I hear people talk so much about themselves. Rather than pointing them to Christ. And and you know what? I slipped up too. I just did it right now, talking about my past, right? Instead of taking you to the Word of God. But we need to learn, we need to learn the Word of God, and we need to be able to express it to others. I have another note our faith. Our faith in God should be defined by how we live our lives, regardless of our situation or what's going on around us. You know how people know that you're a believer? By how you live your life. Not by what you say, not by how much you know, but how you live your life. See, the word of God should come in through your eyes, into your heart, come out your mouth, and share it with others. But somehow, it comes in through our eyes. We read the word, and it sticks in our head. And then we become puffed up because we know it all. Right? It needs to go from here to here. And it needs to live in your heart. The word of God needs to live there, man. It just needs to live there so that it changes your life and how you live. Man, there's so many things I want to do, but I kind of just stay away from that stuff. I'm not, I was going to get into it, but I'm not going to. Um, we need to learn to let the, the word of God just settle in our hearts and change our lives. This, this phrase right here where it says, the righteous shall live by faith, powerful, powerful um, verse so powerful that it's used three additional times in the New Testament. Um, and you can, uh, I'm not going to read them, I'm just going to give them to you, but in Romans 1:16, actually I will read them <laughs> And they're a note too. <clears throat> for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11. Now it is evident that no no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. And then Hebrews uh, 10.37. It says, yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will, be, and will not be delayed. Kind of the same verse, right? So here he's quoting both of these verses that we just read. By my righteous, but, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Wow, those, those are powerful, powerful uh, verses. So we've seen this conversation going on, right? Habakkuk prays, God tells him, I'm going to fix it, just not the way you like it. He says, no, if you do it that way, you're going to be found guilty, and, and your eyes are going to burn. I'm paraphrasing here. I'm adding stuff, right? <laughs> but he's saying, listen, you're too holy to see all this evil. Again, he's using the word of God, and he's using his, his relationship with the Lord to try to change his, his mind. Um. but he's, he, I don't know, I lost myself God's second response, we just went over it I gave you some verses we're going to go real quick through the rest of chapter 2 this is still Habakkuk talking to God answering him, right and I call this little portion uh, the five woes and a but with one T Okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> Five woes and a butt. It says in, he, in chapter 6, shall not all these take up their taunt against you with scoffing and riddles for him and say, I'm not going to read in, into it because you, you guys can go into it and look at it later. There's, I mean, a full page of different woes. So what he's saying is this. I'm not going to take care of it your way. I'm, taking, I'm going to use the Chaldeans. But understand that something's going to happen. Just wait. It will happen. And then he finishes this chapter by telling us, listen, yes, they are evil, and yes, they're going to go through it too. Those are the five woes, right? The but is, but the Lord is in his holy temple, Let all the earth keep silence before him. I love that. Okay, so when I talk to God, he talks to me the way I speak. Okay, so I'm from the streets, so I'm going to speak like that. Right? This is what I heard. Dude, stop complaining. Trust me, for I am in control. You sit down there and shut your trap. let me do what I do that's what I get out of that and I love that again I love the way he talks to me because I I relate right because that's how I talk Um, (laughs) um, so you see this conversation going back and finally finally Habakkuk gets it let's go to chapter three we're going to go quickly through verse through the whole thing but we're not going to go through every verse In in verse 2, it says, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. So this word, do I fear, the word fear, it's pretty interesting the the Hebrew word, but it's 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 um, Yahweh. Very interesting, right? Like Yahweh almost, right? But that word means to revere. To revere God. So we see an evidence of repentance here on Habakkuk's part. Just in that phrase, I mean, that's where it starts, you guys. That's where that's where it starts. We have to learn to have a healthy fear for God. We have to repent of where we've been to where we are now. If you guys are not repenting of whatever sin is going on in your life, as Habakkuk says, how is God going to be able to work in you if you're not willing, right? How? It's almost like you could say, well, you can't help me because I'm evil and you're, you're too holy, right? But that's not the case. If we repent, that all washes away. And he sees us, as he designed us to be. So we see uh, 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 evidence of repentance, and we also see that Habakkuk, knowing what's going to happen, he says, hey, when that happens, please remember mercy. So now he's asking for mercy. He says, remember mercy, right? And I love that. In in, in verses 3 through 15, we see God's mercies with a picture of Jesus in verse 13 as he brings salvation to his anointed and crushes the head of the house of the wicked. And I'll read verse 13. It says, you went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. So, he's actually talking about what he's going to do to Babylon or the Chaldeans. But, the way he phrases it gives us a glimpse of Jesus. If you go back to Genesis chapter 2, I think it is, um, you can see that. And so now we see mercy. We see repentance, or we see repentance, mercy, and now we see Jesus. Let's continue to verse 18 and 19. Take joy in the God of my salvation and rejoice in the Lord, for the Lord is our strength. Um, that, that was supposed to be a note. Anyways. Verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the, in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes me feet, He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on my high places. Um, we see the gospel. We see everything here. We see God's mercy on us. We see our salvation through Jesus' work on the cross. We repent. We live lives in faith. And that word faith is to be dedicated um, dedicated or dedicating our lives to our Lord. In other words, we don't get a say of how we live if we're following Jesus. We can't pick and choose the things that we want to do when he's telling us not to do it. We need to submit 100%. And I get it, you guys. That's hard, especially with all the distractions that we have in this world. But we need, to, we need to remember that he is our Lord. That means we have no say. We should be living a life according to his will and his word, Right? Not our own choices, and and listen, I I do this all the time. Again, most of you guys that know me, you guys know that I love to watch movies, and which ones do I like? The ones that they kill people in. I get it. It's not right. It's not. Right. Lord, have mercy on me, right? Um. But the, but sitcoms is another one. We need to we need to be taking care of what we see and what we hear. And I am the worst at that. I get it. I love my old school R&B music. I love my sitcoms. I love my movie, my gangster movies. Those are the ones I really like, right? Um, but we need to learn to give it to the Lord, right? So live our lives in faith, dedicated, dedicating our lives to the Lord which leads to trusting him, right, brings us peace and joy. All of this, all of this, regardless of what God is doing in our lives. So what is he saying there? Listen, no matter what situation you're in, no matter where you're at, I, I don't care where you're at. I mean, if, if you don't believe in God, that's one thing. If, if you're a baby Christian, that's another. If you're a mature, listen, we all fall. And we all hold on to our lives rather than giving it all up to him. <laughs> and we need to learn to do that, you guys, regardless of what we're going through. Remember what it said in chapter 2, verse 4, the righteous shall live by faith. They shall live according to God's will, not our own. So what does this do? I mean, what do we do with all of this? For any of you guys who who don't believe here, if you don't believe, understand that you had to have come from somewhere. Somebody designed you. There are no accidents in that. God designed you. He brought you into this world, right? We sin, we come out, we're already sinners, you know. Um, I I won't mention names, but sometimes I see, okay, I will, my grandson. (laughs) Sometimes I'll see him just throw a little fit to get his way right? A lot of babies like that, right? A lot of kids, a lot of teenagers. A lot of adults, (laughs) adults, yes. For real. (laughs) We throw little pity parties, man, because we want things our way. We need to learn to just give it up. Again, if you're not a believer here today, come talk to me afterwards. I would love to talk to you and share a little bit about who Jesus is. I would love to do that. For myself and the mature believers, we all fall short. Our lives don't belong to us. God has shown us so much mercy that it's only right to put all our faith in him. We need to obey the Lord regardless of what he's calling us to do. Hebrews 11, 13 through 16, you can read that on your own. Um, You know, have you ever heard people call the church a bunch of hypocrites? Do you know why? Because we done messed up. Right? We mess up. But when people tell me that, my response is, yeah, that's why I'm here. I need to get right because I'm a hypocrite. Right? So again, if you don't believe come see me you mature believers you can come talk to me too man we we can have some fun talking about all this for those that are new believers that just came to faith i want you to know that there's no sin too big to keep god's love from you i see a lot of new believers who they say man i'm just not worthy enough so i don't i don't approach him Almost like in the old days, they're afraid to go into the holy of holies, right? But there is no sin too big that God cannot save us from. Because of God's mercy, he sent his only son to die for you and purchased you from death so that you could have eternal life with him. Now you must receive the gift and put your faith in him. Again, Jesus died on that cross for us. Right? And if you don't know, I'm sure most of you guys know, but people think he died from the lashings. But he didn't. He died of suffocation because he couldn't hold himself up. It is probably the most painful way to die is to be crucified. But Jesus did that so that you. Each and every one of us could have eternal life. The cost that he paid was not cheap. And it was very painful. I've shared this. I mean, could you imagine? I'm going to use you up back there. Somebody just grabbing your beard and just plucking it all out to the point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just not strong enough yet. <laughs> but could you imagine that, that, that all his hair his, was plucked out, he was beaten so bad to the point where he they didn't know or that he didn't even look like a man. That's pretty bad. Jesus did that for each and every one of us in this room, whether you are a believer or not. He did that to show you his mercy. He did that to show you That he loves each and every one of you, regardless of where you're at. God created us. He's just waiting for you to say, okay, Lord, show me more. I want want to get to know you. I want you to be my God. For the new believer, I already said that one, didn't I? Here's my last one. This one really took me for a loop. Kids and parents. Parents, you need to put your trust and faith in God in all situations, not just in words, but in actions, so that your kids can see what it looks like and apply it in their own lives. We can't come to church as grown ups and act all Christianese and then go home and be a knucklehead. Because your kids are going to see that. And they're going to probably think that that's more fun than church. We need to live our lives accordingly to faith and just trusting in God and let that just be who we become. I pulled out Hebrews 11:17 17 through 22. <clears throat> you guys can read it. It's also in the Old Testament, but it's when um, Abraham goes up to the mountain and he takes his son Isaac. And God tells Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your kid for me. I kind of relate to that story because there was a point in my life when I felt like the Lord was telling me that he was going to kill my kids, my family, my entire family. I just felt like he was going to wipe them out because he had led me to the book of Job. And I fought and I fought and I fought. I always get emotional when I tell this story, but For six months, I fought with him. I said, no, Lord, I want to do it my way. Or can you do it a different way? Can we do something else? I was making him feel guilty. I was trying to, you know, make a deal with him. And he said, nope, I want your family. Nope, I want your family. One night, about 1 o'clock in the morning, I'm in my office. I'm praying, again, fighting with God. And I had just had enough. And I broke down. And I remember exactly what I said. Okay, Lord, if it's your will to kill my family, so be it. For those of you guys that have children, you know how hard that would be, right? But here's the beautiful thing. This is what the Lord said to me. Amadi, I don't want to kill your family. I love your family, and I gave you your family. But you, buddy... We're putting them before me. So as parents, we need to put God before our kids and live a lifestyle in that fashion. It's hard. It's not easy. My kids were little. They grew up in the Word. See my son leading worship. That was a whole other promise that the Lord made, for, made to me, but I love it. But parents, man, you guys have the most difficult, we have the most difficult job in the world to raise kids in this chaos. No other way to do it than with God, Right? I want to leave with this. God loves you. You guys have heard this many times. Jesus loves you. He died for you. Rose from the death, from the dead for you, and now is sitting in heaven, guiding us with through his word, through his spirit. And he's guiding us. You guys please don't leave here today without either getting to know who God is or drawing closer to him. Habakkuk knew God. He had a relationship with God, but he did all the wrong things until God had to show him. And it's a picture of who we are, right? But then he comes to the end where he starts to pray and praise the Lord. And so my hope, my desire, is that when we leave here today, that we make it a point. We make an appointment to speak with the Lord, share where you're at, and how do we grow. Amen? Father God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. you are such an amazing God, and we take you for granted way too much. Help us not to do that. Help me not to do that. Help me to put you first in everything I do, whether at home, or at work, wherever, that I would always put you first. Do not Allow me to let the influence of this world take a hold of me. Put your hedge of protection about me and us. Lord, that when we walk out of here, we know you are with us and you will never forsake us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. I forgot one thing. (laughs) That's what you were waiting for, huh? (laughs) Okay. I want you guys to spend about a minute, a minute and a half, just talking to each other, telling each other what your takeaway was here today. If there's anything you heard, that minister to you. Share that with the person next to you. And we'll give you about a minute and a half or so to to do that.